utilizing social media and all the online platforms, whatever it happens to be, to cultivate great relationships where, uh, you know, you're, you're able to create that environment where you can provide exceptional value to others. And in return, you're going to do very well as a result. You know, John, John David Mann, my awesome co-author of the Go-Giver series, we always say that money is simply an echo of value. It's the thunder to, mm -hmm. to values lightning. Welcome to the Making Sales Social Podcast, featuring the top voices in sales and marketing. Join hosts Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick as they discuss the best tips and strategies they are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Here are your hosts, Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick. Welcome to Making Sales Social. I'm Bill McCormick. I'm Bryn Tillman. So Bryn, I know you're excited to tell, to tell everyone who's joining us today. This is like we, we in the green room in the discussion before we talk to you a little bit about bucket lists. This has got to be like in my top 10 professional bucket lists of all times. Um, when I started my career in sales, uh, there were a few uh, books that transformed the way I thought of things. One of them, which we'll talk about in a second, was written by this, this guest that we have today that not only transformed the way I did business, but the way that we do business as social sales link as well. So Bob Berg will be is, is our guest who's joining us. He wrote, and, and everyone knows him at, from the most famous sales book, I think probably in the world, The Go-Giver, which is more than a sales book now. It's a lead, they have a leadership volume and lots of other things, but The Go-Giver First, in the way that that influenced us is it was really about how these successful people had in their hearts, all they wanted to do was help someone else become successful. That was one of my major takeaways, how, how each of those givers were detached from what it meant to them, but attached from how they could help someone else. Number two, and I know this is a really long intro, but I've been working on this, right? Endless referrals, which transformed the way I thought about everything in sales. You know, I started off in an inbound call center and then went into cold calling. And when I read Endless Referrals and I recognized that it was about relationships and leveraging your contacts to grow your business, everything changed in my world. And so I hope that we'll talk about this. Last thing before I introduce Bob, the most famous quote in sales, probably I would, I mean, I would say the most famous quote we hear over and over and over again, and we use over and over again is all things being equal, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And that, my friends, is a quote from Bob Berg. Bob, welcome to Making Sales Social. Share a little bit about yourself. Bryn, Bill, good morning. Great to be with you. And uh, gosh, there's nothing more to share about myself. That was so very kind of you. What a what a wonderful introduction. And, you know, the two of you do such a fantastic job. It's just a, a pleasure to be on here with all of you. Well, thank you. We're so excited. So Bill asks everyone what the first question. So Bob, thank you. It is great to have you here. So we ask every guest the same question to start out. What does making sales social mean to you? Well, I think it's really utilizing social 
social media and all the online platforms, whatever it happens to be, to cultivate, create relationships where, uh, you know, you're, you're able to create that environment where you can provide exceptional value to others. And in return, you're going to do very well as a result. You know, John, John David Mann, my awesome co-author of the Go-Giver series, we always say that money is simply an echo of value. It's the thunder to, mm. to values lightning. And, uh, you know, Bryn, as you mentioned, uh, you know, all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. So the key is that it's not that uh, they'll do business with and refer business to those computers they know, like, and trust, but to those human beings who just happen to be utilizing the computer in front of them as a way to connect and create those know, like, and trust relationships. That's amazing. So, so that quote, along with a lot of the learnings from endless referrals, has such an impact. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you. Like, a, I mean, you know, I shouldn't even say because you know the impact. I'm sure that you've had. And in everything we teach, we quote this because I think it's absolutely uh, vital that people understand how critical that is in social selling we have a little precursor because one of the things we talk about is in in the traditional sales world, you get to know someone by shaking their hand, by meeting them face-to-face, by going to a chamber of commerce meeting, right? Getting to know someone in the physical world Mm -hmm. um, was pretty easy and pretty frequent. In the digital world, people struggle with the getting to know. And so we have this precursor that we talk about, which is attract, teach, and engage. That's what gets people to know in the digital world. So I'd love to hear a little bit so uh, about the, the know, like, and trust from you and how you see that playing in the social world, in the, in the digital world? Well, I mean, I, I think LinkedIn, which, you know, you are the expert in LinkedIn. And, and, and so, you know, that, that there are ways to be able to connect with people. And one of the things I love that social media has done, uh, regardless of, the, of which platform it is, is it's allowed us to meet people we otherwise never would have had the opportunity mm-hmm. to meet, okay? Then that relationship can be built and it can be built powerfully. And so I think, you know, when we, let's say, for instance, we reach out to someone for whatever reason, okay, and I'm not talking about inbound here, which is great to put out information that attracts, of course, absolutely, I, that's something we do all the time. Um, but just if, if, if you are reaching out to someone, how would you do that? Well, it could be a nice comment on their, on their uh, post. It could be sharing their post with a comment before that. Telling, you know, is sharing the value from that quote and how impressed you are with this person and what they've done and with the principles that they, t- you know, what have you. Uh, it could be uh, when somebody comments on somebody else's post mm-hmm. to engage with that person and do so in a very edifying way and do so in a way that that adds value to the conversation. Uh, it's also moving it offline. It's, it's, you know, someone says something very nice about something you've posted, send a personalized handwritten note huh? to that person through this thing called the mail. And it's, it's amazing because you're the only one probably who has done that. And they get a really nice note from you in your personalized note card that says, hey, just wanted to thank you so much for that kind uh, you know, share or that kind quote on my, on my post. Please know how much that 
meant to me. Best regards. And then, then put it in number 10 envelope or whatever envelope and put a regular stamp on it and, and send that out. Wow. Love that. Talk about connecting with someone. But, you know, these are just some of the things we can do when we, you know, it's making sure that when we connect with someone on LinkedIn, we send an invite that we know a little bit about them first, and we're able to genuinely and authentically comment about something that we know is of interest to them. So, so there's all these things we can do to, uh, you know, to reach out in a way that, that communicates value right from the start. That's awesome. And that's building that no like, and trust, right? Absolutely. Just from, from that communication digitally. Yeah, go ahead, Bill. Well, I was going to say, and Bob, in your, in your definition, you know, saying what's making sales social meant to you, you use the word cultivate mm -hmm. and which I immediately go to farming and, and you know, the, the farmer doesn't go put the seed in the, in the soil and come back the next day and look for the harvest, right? It takes time and it has to be watered and it has to be fertilized and, it, and then the sun has to has to do its thing. And, and I think in today's age, what we're seeing are so many people that are trying to cultivate a relationship like that. And mm -hmm. they want that, that easy button. So I think it's important to point out that these things take time, that we have to have mm -hmm. a conversation, that that getting to know part of the know, like, and trust is would you say and this is my question do you think that that that's where the most effort goes into is in that no part because that kind of is the first domino that that knocks over the other two of like and trust i think you make a great point there that you know the the, the no certainly sets up for the like and trust and so while i've never really thought of it before as almost like in the, the rocket ship, you know, it's that first that uh, part that gets it to right. And after that, it's the momentum. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think it is the no part that, that certainly does come first. And then that no turns into like, and the like turns into trust. But yeah, I mean, I think you have a very valid point that, you know, get to have people know you and know them. And you're going to, again, create that context for a lot of the like and trust to, uh, you know, to follow very closely behind. The, oh, the I neat thing too is this, you know, because you, you're right. When you approach it in a way that you're cultivating, okay, like a like a farmer, that is going to result in the most really positive, great, beneficial relationships. But here's the thing: can it take time? Sure, but does it ever happen quickly? It does when the timing just happens to be right. But the thing is, approach it as you said, approach it long term. Yeah, I remember I was about 10 years old once and I went bowling with a, a guy who was, I think he was about 16 or so. He was the boyfriend of my babysitter, as I, as I recall, his name was Greg. And, and he was, this guy was really good, especially you look back, I thought he was like this much older guy, but he was actually 16, you know, so he was just a kid himself. And he was getting strike after strike after strike. And I remember I said, Greg, you are awesome. And he said, thanks. I said, you get like all these strikes. He said, yeah. And I said, you must really practice getting those strikes. He said, no, no, I never practice getting strikes. I said, what do you mean? He said, no, I practice mastering the spares. He said, master the spares and the strikes will come by themselves. Wow. Now, that's I love a pretty that. good Zen wisdom for a 16 year old, right? That's amazing. But, but I think it's the same. Yeah. I think it's the same with Bill's point. You know, it's like build for the long term, create cultivate, yeah. nurture, right? But when it's supposed to happen quickly, the strikes will come. It just might be that you meet someone who at that moment has a has good connection for you or has something that they need or something, you know what I'm saying? So, so absolutely. It's interesting. Our, our definition of social selling 
is about building relationships, providing real value and being a resource, the sales will come when the time is right. Yeah, I love that. That's actually our definition of social selling. Great so definition. Uh, thank you. We appreciate that very much. Um, so we couldn't be more aligned, which I, I know because so much of where I am today has been molded from your teaching. Oh, so wow. the fact that we're aligned doesn't surprise me uh, too that much. Means a lot to me to know that. Thank you. In, in that way. So, so absolutely love that. You know, one of the things that we teach um, probably that has the highest level of success in the shortest amount of time is using LinkedIn and, and your clients and your referral partners to get introductions into stakeholders. Also, you know, very much inspired by endless referrals. So we take a proactive approach to this. So I just throw this out and then I'd love to hear your thoughts around it, where instead of just saying to our clients who like yourself could use our our products and services the way you have, we approach it from, I hope you don't mind, but I noticed you're connected to quite a few people that I'd love to get in front of. Can I run these names by you and get your thoughts? So, you know, and what we're doing is we're searching their connections on LinkedIn and building a list that we, we bring to them. What are your thoughts around doing that? I like it because, you know, there are two different types of, of referrals. There's, there's, well, there's a, a number of different types, but two in this case are what we call active passive. And that is when you ask for referrals, you sort of help them to come up with names. So in other words, it might be, you know, is there someone who's a colleague of yours in this so-and-so, so-and-so, or uh, because again, it, it's a, a, sh- a small group of people, or is there someone you, you know, are, we know the person plays golf, who do you play golf with? And they give you, you know, who do you play in a regular foursome with? And they give you three names. Well, boom, it's very easy to, you know, to come up or uh, are you a, you know, member of any committee? Well, you know, they are, they're, they're in Lincoln. So I know you're a member of the so-and-so committee. Is there, they're on the board of directors. How many people serve on the board with you? Well, there's myself and five others. Well, you know, from those five, who do you, you know, which ones do you feel would be? So that's active passive. You're actively asking, but it's passive in terms of they're the ones who are going to name the, you know, the names that they would, they would provide. Now, another way to do it is active active. And that is to actually know in advance who you would like to meet and ask if they would be comfortable making an introduction. What I like to do is always frame it in such a way that they know that there's no pressure, there's no obligation. And, you know, I often say, you know, only if you would feel comfortable doing this, if you don't, you know, if you don't feel there would be any issue in terms of your relationship with that person, you know, if you feel comfortable with this, you know, I would love an introduction, you know, what have you. And and I, I find when we do it this way, when we give someone the out or back door, they feel a lot more comfortable because first autonomy is a very, is very important. People don't want to feel like they're cornered into doing something, but it's their choice. Also, they then understand that you respect the process and that you're not going to make that other person in any way and that it's going to be a bad reflection on on, on them. That brings me so much joy. And, and one of the, the, the things that we do is we say to them, hey, I notice you're connected to quite a few people. Can I run these names by you? We're not saying, can you introduce me to these people? Right. I'd love your insights around these folks. And that naturally turns into a conversation around, you know, is this someone, you know, they have, oh, I, they, you know, we worked together for 25 years. He's fabulous. That you could say, would you be 
open to making an introduction or would it make sense for me to sure. meet them? Any of those words are great outwards or, or backdoor words. And, you know, again, the bigger the out or backdoor we give someone to take, the less they'll feel the need to take it. So we don't do the out so that they will take it, although they will if they feel they should, which, which is really right. Okay. Right. But no, we give them the out or back door so that they'll feel so comfortable with us and the process that they won't feel the need to. And that builds the 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 like and trust even more, hmm. right? Hands Absolutely. Down. And then, you know, of course, when they do refer you some people to send a hand personalized handwritten note. Uh, again, just thanking them, uh, letting them that anyone they refer to you will be treated with the utmost professionalism and so forth and so on. And, you know, when it does turn into a sale, let's say down the road that you make sure that you send another note and and so forth. And, and uh, I, I think when we do that and we do these things consistently, that's when these no like and trust relationships really become solidified. I love that. One of the things and, and I love the note, I love getting a note. But because we teach digital, we say send a personal video. Well, that's Thank fine you. too. Yeah, and that's, but, yeah, that's great. But it's fun because I I do I have like my notes. I don't throw out my notes. No, you people know, keep I, them. Sure. Yeah, so I I love that too. But we often do. You feel like a personalized video thanking them could have almost that same impact. I think different people enjoy different things, mm -hmm. and that's you know, true. and I, I don't think it's an either or. I think it's an and. I, I mm. think you can do one or the other, or you could do both. You know, or or what have you. But uh, you know, certainly it's a, a video is always a, a you know a nice thing to receive. I tend to my, you know, my feeling is there's just, you know, there I I get more comments about personalized notes, yeah, than you know than anything else because I think again, be, because we can you know utilize technology, more people do that as opposed to the the very few handwritten personalized notes someone gets. Again, though, I don't think it's an either or. I, I think it's yeah. an and. That that becomes a differentiator. It really helps you stand out and is not something. I mean, think about it. How, how many personal notes do people get? Most of the time, the, 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 the snail mail, physical mail is filled with a few things, junk mail and <laughs> Right. <laughs> and not this kind of bill, but you know. Right. <laughs> not the good kind of bill, right? Right, yeah, yeah. I love that. That's so are scary. you gonna bring up permission to name drop, Bren? I thought about it. Okay, so one of the areas, let's say we have a list of 18 or 20 names and now our client has identified six people on that list that they think we should meet, especially if it's a client. If it's a referral partner and you're making referrals for one another, it's it's not as difficult to put someone out asking for that introduction. You're making sure. them for them as well. But with a client, six names asking to refer, that's a lot of work on their part. So a lot of times we might say, so of these six, is there anyone on this list you'd feel comfortable introducing me to? And maybe it's one or two, and now we have four more. Mm -hmm. So, you know, asking for all six, I think is too much. So one of the things that we will say at that point is, you know, I really appreciate your, your insights. I, I appreciate the introduction to those two people. When I reach out to these other four, is it okay that I mention that you're my happy client and you thought I should introduce myself, that, that I, I might be able to bring value to them as well? And, you know, I would say at... I, I'm going to say 100% of the time they say sure at that point because we've had a whole conversation. And when we reach out, I'll start with um, Bob, Bill McCormick and I were chatting the other day, your name came up in our conversation and he thought I should reach out and introduce myself. I've worked with him for the last two years on this and this. If you're open, let's connect. 
and then convert that into a conversation that we're assuming because, you know, Bill said we should chat. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I, I like it. Uh, it's uh, uh, and, and, I, and I, I, I think that the person referring you probably expects that you would use their name anyway, because they, they wouldn't have referred you if they didn't. But I think it's always nice to ask them. And then, yes, I think it always is to, to drop the name. That's, you know, one thing I it, it's a very similar open to when I uh, when people receive referrals and then they're calling the person on the phone and they say, you know, my name is so and so we've never met, but I believe, you know, you know, uh, Janet. Thompson. Oh right. yeah. Great. Yeah. How, how was she? Oh, great. Back year. I was just with her the other day or just speaking with her the other day and your name came up in conversation. Oh, really? Yeah. How? Well, Janet's a right. very, uh, you know, valued client of mine and blah, blah, and you know, blah, 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 blah. And then you go to the rest. So sure. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. What, yeah. what, we, what we found with, with permission and name drop, you know, there are certain people that are networkers or I came out of a BNI background. There are people there that, you know, if, if, if you've asked for a referral and they, they say they're going to make the introduction, it's done. And then there are other people that they say they're going to do it and it's not going to happen. You just know it. They're, they're just oh, not sure. that heavy. either they're too busy or they're not familiar. And what Bryn's speaking is specifically a lot of times clients, they just don't know how to do it. And so what we found is permission to name drop. We, we kind of keep control of the referral and we can then approach it on, on, on our terms but yet oh, we sure. still have that trust and we're still coming in at that higher level of credibility. Yeah. So, um, so I, I think for, for our listeners that permission name drop is a great way. If you're not familiar or you're not comfortable asking people to make introductions, but, but to still be able to do it. Well, you know, it's a, it's a great point. And I'm, I'm often asked by people, you know, Bob, when, when people give you referrals, would you rather them call the prospect or would you rather you know call or contact them yourself and i say this is one of the few times where i will provide an absolute definite answer and that answer is it depends <laughs> and, uh, i was hoping that's what you're saying and really here's the thing all things being equal i would actually rather make the call because while our customer knows enough to buy the product from us or to be comfortable with us, they don't know how to sell it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, when they make the introduction and they mean so well, right? And they say, hey, you know, this person I wanna uh, have call you or, or, or what have you, I wanna set you up with this, introduce you to this person, they have a great problem book and the person says, well, you know, I, I've heard that blah, 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 and they come up with an objection. Okay, mm -hmm. well, this person, this great referral source, they don't know how to answer that objection. Right. That's so the brilliant. person says, well, OK, I'll let you know if I want to right, and that it's over. If you call now, you're in the position to be able to handle that. Uh, now, the one time, though, that I, I do like that other person to call the, the referral source to, to make the contact is if they just happen to be such a center of influence, such a well-respected person. Right. Mm -hmm. And when they call someone or contact someone to say there's someone I want you to meet, nothing more needs to be said. Yeah. You know, when you've got someone like that, sure, all day, I would love them to make the call. But yeah. but really, otherwise, yeah, I agree with the both of you. I want to be, you know, sort of in control of of the, the process, if you will. I love that. I love that. So I have one last question that I want to ask before we, we start to kind of bring this into a close. What is your advice to someone who is newer on social digital and they want to be a go giver? What would you recommend that 
either the mindset or the activities that they can do to truly come from a go-giver heart? Well, if we, if we define the term go-giver, it's simply someone who understands that shifting your focus, and this is really the, the key where it begins, shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others, understanding that doing so is not only a more pleasant way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. Uh, and, and by the way, not for any way out there, woo-woo, magical, mystical reasons. No, not at all. It's actually very logical. It's very rational. When you're that person who can take your focus off of yourself, and place it on that other person, place it on making their lives better, place it on solving their challenges, place it on discovering what they want, what they need, what they desire. When you're that person who, with an absolute laser focus on bringing them closer to happiness, people feel good about you. They want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to do business with you. They want to tell others about you. They want to be your personal walking ambassador. So what I would say to a person is, if that sounds like something that would be good for your business, well, then you understand that this is where you want to go. That's the direction you want to go. There's absolutely nothing self-sacrificial about being a go-giver, okay? Uh, it's actually, uh, you know, again, the most self-interested way you could do business is to take your focus off of yourself and place it on bringing immense value to the other person. Remember, and, I, and I, I used to say this at every sales conference where I spoke, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. Oh, I love that. Right. They're not going to buy from you because you need the money and they're not even going to buy from you because you're a really nice person. They're going to buy from you because they believe that they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. So if you really want to create what we call that benevolent context for success then take your focus off yourself and place it on them. I love that. One of our major, yeah, yeah. Bill's like mic drop, right? <laughs> One of the things that we talk about all the time is detach from what your prospect is worth to you hmm. and attach to what you are worth to that prospect. I think again, another alignment. You are brilliant. Oh. I've got a whole page of notes. I'm going to go back. I'm lucky because I get access to recording. I'm going to go back and keep watching this. Uh, <laughs> thank you. So, but, but Bob, thank you. So good. We could have gone for another half hour, but we're running out of time. So if you could just uh, leave everyone with some information, how they can connect with you, stay in touch with you and find you. Sure. My uh, website's Berg, B-U-R-G. Dot com where you can scroll down and get uh, a chapter or excerpt of any of the books to see if you like them before clicking through if you choose to do so. We also have our Go-Giver Success Alliance. So when you scroll down to what looks like Rachel's Famous Coffee uh, Shop, you can click on that and see if that's something uh, you'd find of interest as well. Hey, uh, Bill and Bryn, just absolutely fantastic to be with y'all. And I just, uh, you know, thank you so much. What an honor. The honor is ours. This is, this is amazing. I mean, my heart's racing. So I'm so excited. So, so, so good. So um, thank you all for listening. 
Uh, we'll put all that contact information in the show notes. And until we're with you next time, don't forget this week as you're out and about, make your sales social. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.